Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, White Wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like White Wine, True Crime, and In Bed by Nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are Housewives of True Crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome, Housewives of True Crime. Yep. Are you feeling it? Are you feeling the the Monday? I am so feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, kids back in school. The weather is sweet. It always is in September in California. That is the best weather. Always. Yeah. Always, really always. It really is. It and in Ventura, I remember it was the hottest time always in September, mm-hmm. and our school had no air conditioning, so it was very hot outside. Miserable. It was miserable. But the beach mm-hmm. is like amazing. It's like the only time you can go to the beach because it's not freaking foggy. You know, my kids still insist on wearing the uh, you know long black leggings, oh my or gosh. sweatpants, and I'm like, what? What is wrong with you? Yeah, listen, I'm kind of at that point, although it's still 100 degrees here, because you just want to wear a sweatshirt sometimes and sweatpants, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Just like decorating for fall a little too early. I did. You did it. I did. wear it out. You wear it out. Well, I did go to Bed Bath & No, not Bed Bath & Beyond. What's that? That one's like out of business. Bath & Body Works yesterday and bought the fall hand soap. I was like... It was three fifty. Yeah, listen, they're on sale. I went, I went to Starbucks. They a were latte. like, "Oh my god, do you know that we have the pumpkin spice?" I'm like, "No, don't, don't try to pumpkin spice me yet before September." <laughs> I okay, know. stop it. I know. Well, okay, today is actually Labor Day mm-hmm. that this comes out. So happy Labor Day, everybody who labors, who labors. Yeah. We're still working. Mm-hmm. We're still laboring. Anyways, anything fun happened to you this last few days? Well, you know, I'm just the perpetual taxi. I know you mm-hmm. can uh, relate to that. I can. Something funny happened that involves you because, you know, the other day we were talking on the phone about the crime con because we talk a lot about crime con lately. Yes, you guys, right? if you're going, come see us. Orlando. Yes. September 22nd, which is my son's birthday. I will be missing his birthday for the first time in 10 years. Well, I am flying home on my girl's birthdays. Yeah. So we have kids that are all born right around the same exact days. Yeah, it is is what it is. Anywho, apparently some little ears were listening to our conversation. Ruby June. Oh, of course. So I'm... I'm putting her to bed and she's like, mom, I've got to ask you something. I heard you talking about crime con. Are you going to go see something about crime? She was like so (laughs) excited and she waited all day till she got me alone to to like ask ask me about it. Yeah. Does she know you do a crime podcast? Not really. Oh my God, girl, that is so <laughs> funny. I think she's kind of picturing it like there's a scene in this movie, Despicable Me, yeah. where they like the characters like go to like an underground crime convention. I'm like, it's not that cool, but, but it I is. Have a, but I will have a booth. Yes, she's like, you will. Oh my it's gosh, like, that is so sure thing, little girl. <laughs> you're like, you're <laughs> like, I actually do do something. <laughs> Although I don't know if I ever told anybody this, but my daughter's school had this thing where she wanted the teacher wanted people to um, come and talk about their businesses, and so I was like, Kyla, let me come and talk about the podcast, and she was like. Hell to no. the no, you are not coming and talking about your podcast to my friends. I was like, I think they would think it's the coolest thing. Yeah, no, I, it doesn't go over well. 
tell you know saying that you talk about crime yeah sometimes it doesn't people think you're dark I know but it's not you know I mean it is but it's not I know we get it um I did try youth group. Remember, I took my son to youth oh, group last yeah. night. How, how okay. did how did that go? Tab thinks that she is going to, if you don't listen to Patreon, that she is going to get those kids of hers to be grateful, mm-hmm. good people, the kind. straight and arrow, <laughs> kind, because they need some Jesus intervention. I think they need to know that there is something more than themselves out there. And then also on top of that, my son needs to meet friends because he goes to school a little further away from our house. And so he always complains that his brother has more friends because my one son goes to school locally and then the other one doesn't. So I'm in this predicament where one has like a shit ton of friends and the other one has like one. I thought, well, what better way to go to youth group? And a friend of mine, son goes there. So I get there and it is Gretchen. It is one of those big churches. Okay. Hoorah. And it's even got like a Starbucks. I don't know if it's a Starbucks, but it's like Uh similar uh to the Starbucks Mm -hmm. in there. And it's got I mean, all these kids, hundreds of kids running around, they're eating pizza and having candy. And it looks like I wish I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was like, this is my jam, man. I would have died to have a church like this and a youth group this cool, but not for my son. Right. Like he is. That's too much stimulation. Too much. And then what I didn't realize, because I thought that just like, played and learned about Jesus through like more playtime. Mm-hmm. But they take them into an auditorium and they sit them there and they like sing Jesus songs. And he was just, it was the best, man. I felt so sad because I really wanted well something. But I didn't want to burst your bubble. But did you, you know, know, I think, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I also don't think that that is going to save your children. Well, I don't I'm, think it can listen, hurt them. Right. But I think we do a lot of stories that involve churches that you forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I do not think it's that kind of church, but you know what I'm saying? I just, I do think that there is somewhere for him. It just might not be that, that big, might not. big, big one. You know what I'm saying? Well, we started chess club. That sounds more hit. like his jam. That, yeah, maybe look for a chess club. Uh, yeah, I think that might be it. All right. Are you ready to get into this week's case? Yes. I okay. Am. If you haven't yet, you guys, please um, follow us uh, so you could get our podcast every single week. It usually is a little plus button if you listen on Apple. Also, if you want to subscribe um, and get more content every single Thursday, we do another episode. Usually it is just current events and talking more about what's going on in our lives. And then once a month, we do an extra bonus crime, which Gretchy did two weeks ago. And it was a good one, you guys, on um, a what do you call him? Like a imposter, a Dexter imposter. Copycat. A copycat. Yeah, that's what it's called. So check us out, please. That's a really good way to support us. We would really appreciate it. Okay. And let's get into today's case. Okay. This week's episode is brought to us by listener Kim Santiago. Uh, Thanks, Kim. Kim. I have actually lightly been following this case because I, like you guys know, am a game show nut. And, uh, you know, we didn't talk about this, but we did on Patreon that Mr. Bob Barker passed away just over a week ago. So rest in peace, Bob. Um, But I thought it was a good one, this case, because it has a game show element to it. So that is why I thought this week we should cover this one. We're headed to Quincy, Illinois. Quincy, I've never heard of it, probably because it's a small town. What's up with these crimes in the small towns? They get a lot of play. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe that's why, because there's like nothing else going there's on. So like happens. the news yeah. picks or up. Like somebody died in New York City. 
Yeah. And somebody every, else died the same day. It's like not a big deal. Every five minutes, right. Somebody dies in Quincy. Big deal. We'll be talking about it. Yeah. True. Okay. So Quincy has population of 39,000 as of 2020 census. It's known as the gym city, gem, like beautiful. It's on the border of Missouri and Illinois. And it's closer to St. Louis, Missouri than it is to Chicago, Illinois. Every time I think of Illinois, I think of just Chicago, which sits all the way on the top. But Quincy is further south. You know, I would just like to say that you've gotten so much better at geography since we started doing this podcast. You Do you understand? I think this is part of like, this I is swear kind of God, like a thing that I like. When we started, she was like Florida, California, like she kind of knew the four corners and I don't think she really <laughs> no. knew shit about the middle, except there was Texas. <laughs> it's actually true. I mean, yeah. I didn't really even know where like, sh- I have been to Chicago, but I didn't know where it lied. And, you know, I just like doing this and like looking up the maps of all these places, all these crimes that take place. I'm, I am figuring out geography very Listen, well. Listen, you can teach an old dog new tricks, apparently. Look at you. <laughs> you can. <laughs> All right. So there's a lot of young professionals that live there. It is a really good place for families. Tim and Becky Blythneck actually met in college in Quincy at Quincy University, where Tim was the town all-star football player. He was a little hot damn. I mean, he was a little younger than Becky, but... You know, he got the All-American Award. That's pretty sexy. And later in life, he would actually be inducted into the school's sports hall of fame. Becky, well, she was a real disco biscuit, beautiful with lots of brains. She was a valedictorian at her high school in Quincy before attending Quincy University. She would get her degree in biology and minor in chemistry. I mean, that is not where you or I were... No, those, those are headed. smart kid classes. <laughs> yeah, those, yeah. Are, <laughs> those are not where we were taking our classes. Uh, yeah, she probably knows a lot of geography. Smart. Maybe, but more mm-hmm. science. She probably okay. knows where Mesopotamia is. <laughs> Mesothelioma. <laughs> no, you know that, what is it called? That that town? It's here in Texas. And somebody just, um, they were like, oh, I was in, what's it called? What's that town called that you were like, you did a case on. You don't remember? No. Okay. Anyways, all of you from Texas are screaming it out right now. Okay. So these two, you know, they were really like the perfect couple. They had, you have the handsome jock and the beauty with brains. You could see how they instantly fell for each other. After college, Becky took a job as a pharmaceutical sales rep and she was real successful. Don't you think that's like the dream job after college? I've never known a pharmaceutical rep that wasn't hot. Totally right. So true. They're always hot. They just like take doctors to lunch. I think it's a requirement. Yeah, I think it is. Don't hate on us. I mean, we know, me too, all that shit. But like, it's just, it's just. Well, I have a guy friend. It just is the way it is. I, I, pharmaceutical reps are hot. I also have a guy friend that is a pharmaceutical rep and he's also, yeah, Brent. Maybe he's medical sales, but same difference. Very, very handsome guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And listen, dudes like to be around hot dudes. Makes them feel cool. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. This guy spends a lot of time working out. Maybe more time working out than taking doctors to lunch. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Tim, from what I read, was also into sales. The two moved around a bit, even living in the big town of Chicago for a stint. But when they decided to marry in 2009 and settled down with some kids, they jumped out of the big city life and right back to the quaint little suburb of Quincy. Becky would take a step back from her career and raise the kids, and Tim would continue to be the breadwinner. I did read somewhere, Gretchy, that he was a manure salesman. Mm. which I don't know if you recall any other manure salesman. In our... I do. Scott Peterson. Are you going to make some dig about <laughs> Scott Peterson? <laughs> Maybe in a minute. However, I didn't see where he was a shit salesman. I just read that he worked for a company called Quincy Farms in business development. And actually, it's a pretty cool company. They take recycled waste 
and keep it out of the landfill. So, I mean, I think anything to keep things out of the landfill and recycle them is a really cool place to live or place to work, even if it is yeah, selling shit. Um, yeah. But yeah, Scratchy, I don't know if uh, it's coincidental that somebody said that he sold manure like Scott Peterson. All right, back to Tim instead of Scott. He worked, he would keep on working while Becky really had a love for the medical field. It like was her calling. So she went back to nursing school where she would get her nursing degree from Blessing Ryman College, graduating summa cum laude and even delivering her third child during her senior year. Bitch which she only missed one day of school. I mean, bananas. She was a badass and a badass nurse. She even was a traveling nurse during COVID. I mean, this woman was a real standout in society. But by 2021, and probably even before, things were not as great as they once were for these two. It seemed like time had taken a toll on their marriage. And neither Becky or Tim were happy. So in February 2021, Tim filed for divorce. Now, divorce is never easy for anyone, but these two, whoa, I mean, they were not making it easy for themselves. Or maybe it was Tim. Tim was not making it easy on Becky. He ended up moving out of their home and getting a house just a mile away, but he was pretty bitter about it. The two would go back and forth in the courts trying to settle for custody and money for more than two years. It was a lot of like tit for tat shit, you know, like from the looks of it, Becky just wanted to be done with it. Like, give me my fair share, Tim. You can have the boys 50, 50, but Tim, he was like, I don't want to cough up any money for Becky. And I want 60, 40. That's like the the tit for tat shit, like 60, 40. Come on, dude. Yeah. But I think a lot of you listening and a lot of like people we probably know, it's pretty common in divorces to have this kind of stupid shit, right? Yes, you do see it. The divorce thing is tricky. And sadly, you do see a lot of people who seem to hate their former spouse more than they love their children. Yes. Because that's definitely how they prioritize the duking it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you. He says to me that he wants to tell all the, you know, friends. Well, you know. That he got more. I got 60. That he got more. I know. Like, what a fucker. And when this happens, it takes a long time to actually finalize a divorce. And that's why some divorces take years. Some divorces can take under a year if people are just, you know, nice. They could take a month. They could take a week. A week. Wow. <laughs> With children. Katie Holmes, oh, no. Tom Cruise. Yep. True. Yep. Did you she got dude, out of that shit in a week? By the way, I read somewhere and I don't know if it's a true story, Morning Glory, but that he's getting out of Scientology. Did you read no, this? He's not. Yes. Oh, no. All fake of my news? Scientology sources. Fake news. Fake oh, news, people. Yeah. I thought it was fake news, but it would have been good because supposedly he was going to go see Surrey, but Surrey is about ready to graduate high school. So she don't want to see him. I don't think so. During these two years, both Becky and Tim seem to have moved on from their relationship aspect. Tim was banging his neighbor on the regular and Becky got herself into a relationship with a man who was also going through a divorce. His name was Ted. We'll call him Ted the treat. Okay. Ted and Tim, you know, it's like kind of too close. Ted and Becky, they really did love each other, but Becky was not going to make it official until her divorce documents were signed, sealed, and delivered. And that was going to be really soon, the first week of March 2023. So not that long ago, Gretchen. Not that long ago. Okay. Becky and Fortune. Yeah. Becky, unfortunately, would never get a chance to have true freedom from Tim and be able to call Ted to treat her own. 
just a couple weeks before her divorce trial on the early mornings of February 23rd, 2023, while Becky was home alone sleeping. She was actually recovering from an abdominal surgery she had just had. Someone Mm -hmm. broke into her second floor window. The perpetrator came straight to her bedroom where she was sleeping. Becky awoke and quickly tried to call 911, but her phone was taken and the call never actually went through. Becky ran into the bathroom where she tried to lock the door, but the man kicked in the door and shot Becky 14 times. He would leave Becky laying on the floor in a pool of blood to die. And he exited through the front door, not even bothering to close it behind him. It was brutal and sad. But just hours later at 641, Ted texted Becky with a quick good morning. And of course, he got no reply. And then again, a little later, about an hour later, he texts, hey, hope you had a good night's sleep last night. And again, no reply. So he sent one last text at 12 o'clock saying, Marco, with a question mark. And of course, Becky wasn't replying because she was not alive. Well, Well, Becky's... It feels like Ted didn't think that through because, I mean, I'm imagine given that you gave it away with the whole Scott Peterson thing that um, (laughs) he's guilty AF. And Oh, are um, you saying Scott Peterson is guilty? No, I'm oh. saying that's a popular opinion. <laughs> oh, okay. Aren't they going to? And the the nature of their relationship has been so uh, volatile and tense that aren't they going to see like all the like 300 texts before that that said like, go fuck yourself, Becky. I want my 60%. And then all of a sudden he says, good morning. No, that's I mean, Ted the Daddy, Treat. You lost. Ted the Treat oh. was saying that, not Tim, her boyfriend. Well, call me <laughs> stupid. It's okay. Sorry. That's why I'm telling you. It's Ted and Tim. It's too close. Okay. <laughs> the names are, are a little uh, confusing. So I'll just call him Ted the Treat. Uh, well, Becky and I call him that because my um, mother-in-law, she <laughs> dated a Ted. And that's what they called him, <laughs> which I think is kind Ted of funny. Ted the Tree. Always boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, so while Becky spent the last night of her life in torment, Tim had been home with the kids. You see, he had them for a couple of days since Becky had that surgery. For him, the morning was just like the last. He took the kids to school, then went to work. The kids were supposed to go to Becky's that day. So when Becky's dad got a call from Tim saying the school called him to pick up the kids because Becky never showed up, there were some red flags. It wasn't like Becky to be a no-show on her kids. She was like a super, super, super devoted mom. Mm -hmm. So Becky's dad calls Becky up and he gets no answer. So he drives to the house where he would unfortunately be forced to find his beautiful daughter lying lifeless on her bathroom floor, riddled with bullets. He didn't bring his cell phone. So he ran next door as quick as he could to call 911. And when officers arrived, they quickly noticed that there was a break in through the upstairs child's bedroom window. The window looked like it was pried open with some sort of tool. A large footprint was found just below the window seal. Becky's phone was lying behind her bedroom door, probably thrown after she called 911. And Becky had some defensive wounds on her arms. Like I said, 14 bullets and there were bullet casings also left behind, but no gun. So this was a pretty ravenous kill and police knew right away that someone wanted Becky dead. It was no robbery, right? And it wasn't very hard for the cops to find the limited suspects. I mean, we have Ted the Treat, maybe Ted's estranged wife and Tim the Toolman Taylor. Right. Just kidding. Just Tim, the tool man. I'll call him. Ted was looked Tim at. Tim the tool. T- yeah, Tim the tool. That's what I should call him. <laughs> yeah. Ted was looked at um, and dismissed pretty quickly. But Tim, well, a lot was going to come out about Tim pretty quickly. Housewives of true crime listeners, y'all know I love finding ways to impress my kids with knowledge. And speaking Spanish always does the trick. And living in Southern California, it's so useful. 
Now let me tell you, believe it or not, it's actually been a minute since I was in high school. And so enter Rosetta Stone with its convenient audio options. It's all just coming back to me. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's an amazing value. You get a lifetime membership that has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time. Housewives of True Crime listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Clink, clink. Hello, listeners. Are you ready to spring into making healthy choices? Like actually going to the gym, not just putting on the gym shoes. Well, I am. And I have also been making the healthy choice to cut back on alcoholic beverages during the week. Recess mocktails make it so easy to do. These zero-proof craft mocktails are the replacement that allows you to enjoy the ritual of pouring yourself a fabulous drink at only 25 calories or less. Have that friend that alcohol tends to make a little extra chatty? Offer them a recess mocktail at your next get-together. Be a crowd pleaser. Everyone enjoys a recess lime margarita. It's the perfect guilt-free drink in between drinks. Our listeners can enjoy 15% off at takearecess.com slash clink. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. That's takearecess.com slash clink. Attention housewives of true crime listeners. Are you ready to bring a touch of mystery and allure to your home? Enter Home Threads, where true crime meets luxurious living. Imagine your space with furniture that captures the essence of your favorite crime drama. From exclusive designer collections to cozy essential, Home Threads has everything you need to create a home that's as intriguing as the stories you love. And always the best value. If you're like me, when you're watching the latest episode of True Detective with Jodie Foster, you are all cozy in your boho chic living room, courtesy of all the reclaimed wood and earth tone accessories from Home Threads. Tab has a real edgy bitch glam vibe going on with dark drama contrasted with modern gold accents like the cool mirror she found at Home Threads. Whatever you're feeling, they've got such a huge selection you're covered. Home Threads is offering our listeners a great deal. Head over to homethreads.com slash clink and get 15% off your order. Homethreads.com slash clink. 15% off your order at Home Threads. Love where you live. First, the All-American football player, dad of the year, youth football coach, Christian church-going man may not be all that he's cracked up to be. Oh, are you saying church doesn't doesn't save your soul? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> might hoping. save your soul, but it doesn't stop you from committing violent acts. Crimes, right. Being an asshole. Yeah. Okay. Just, just maybe note that. Okay. You are so anti right now. Mm. <laughs> she must have had something happen recently. <laughs> Immediately when Becky's sister, Sarah Riley, was told about De- Becky, she remembered a text that Becky had sent her right when Tim filed for divorce back in 2021. The text read, if something ever happens to me, make sure the number one person of interest is Tim. I am putting this in writing that I'm fearful he will somehow harm me. Sarah also knew before anyone that the two were planning on divorce as she was not only Becky's sister, but she was also her best friend. Sometime actually in 2020, Becky told Sarah that her and Tim were going to get divorced. And I suspect it may have been around the time that Tim went on a famous game show called Family Feud. If you have not heard yet Tim's clip of this infamous moment on national television, let me play it for you now. What's the biggest mistake you made at your wedding? 
Honey, I love you, but said I do. Oh! <laughs> Not my mistake. Not my mistake. I love my wife. I'm going to get in trouble for that, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> I actually think, by the way, Gretchen, that that was on the board. I think oh, it was really? like number two. <laughs> yes. But it's probably not a good thing to say prior to your wife being murdered. Well, yeah. I'm curious who he was on Family Feud uh, with. With? I know his wife wasn't with him. Isn't that weird? Was it like his family, like his parents or something? You know why they picked him for that show is because he was like the town hero. You know what I mean? Like he, I think it might have been all brothers or something. It was like all boys, I think on the... You know, that does give me an idea. I do think a family feud show type game with divorcing spouses would be <laughs> a show like, I would watch. Like one on one side, the other on the other side. Yeah. One on yeah, one side, I the other on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then the like the, you know, the showcase at the end is like and you get the house. And you get 50% custody or, you know, like what, whatever the, the disagreement is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hey, that's a good idea, Gretchy. You could probably sell that. Okay. I'll be the judge. You hear, you heard it here first. So if you guys have, okay. like, if anybody takes this, our idea and doesn't give us mm-hmm. uh, credit for it, we're going to sue you. Just kidding. It should be okay. like the real fucking family feud. <laughs> the real like. family feud. <laughs> okay. So anyways, the media, you know, for sure picked this up right away. Like this guy is, you know, he, they, they blasted that everywhere. That's why I said, if you haven't heard it yet, like that's kind of what got me, my peaked interest in this case in the first place. So the police get a search warrant for Tim's house and what they find is pretty damning. Timmy boy was not very coy when it came to his internet searches in nights prior to Becky's death. Tim would search how to open windows with a crowbar, how to open windows from the outside. They would also Mm -hmm. find the crowbar. Mm -hmm. He also searched Becky's boyfriend, Ted, the treats license plate and his VIN number at 2 a.m., the very night that Ted was actually spending the night at Becky's home. Tim also created a Facebook profile called John Smith. Real original, bro. Totally. And he bought a blue bike off Facebook Marketplace um, with this account. He also made sure the bike had no reflectors. And that bike was also found just a couple blocks away from his house. Just abandoned. Now, you're probably wondering what the heck Tim wanted with this bike with no reflectors for. And Becky's neighbor actually held the key to that mystery. Becky's neighbor had a security camera and it picked up a person riding this bike with no reflectors on it in the wee hours of like very early in the morning, middle of the night, midnight, often. On multiple occasions, he picked up, he couldn't really see the person. You could just see like a bike, you know, like in the dark riding back and forth. Yeah. For instance, on February 13th, the night that Ted the Treat was spending the night at Becky's, the neighbor saw this bike with no reflectors riding at 1237 a.m., which was just right after midnight on the 14th. And that Mm -hmm. same day is the 2 a.m., time where Tim was searching for Ted's VIN number and license plate. Mm. Police also collected a device from Tim's house called the whoop strap. Have you heard that? No. My friend has one actually. It's like similar to the Apple watch, but it doesn't actually have the watch component. It just like tracks all your fitness and your steps and your heart rate and your sleep. You're supposed to wear it all the time. They also found shell casings in Tim's basement that matched the casings found near Becky. Uh, But the gun was never retrieved. Actually, I didn't say this, but Tim had a gun that Becky gave him for a gift at one time. And per court order, 
Tim was supposed to to give this gun back to Becky, which he failed to do so. So I think this is the gun that actually probably killed Becky. You know, Becky is like, you know, rest in peace, but smart, right? Like, get the gun back yeah. when you're fighting with this dude, okay? And put it in writing. He's going to be responsible for offing me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, mm. she was. So with the electronic data, the neighbor's security footage, the shell casings, the friend's testimonial, it was not hard to piece together a case against Tim Blyfneck. He was arrested only 12 days after Becky's death on March 1st, 2023. The truth of the story is that Tim filed for divorce from Becky and then he terrorized her to the point where she was fearful. She was fearful of Tim, but she was also feared for her sons and their safety around Tim's father. At one point, Becky tried to get a restraining order for herself against Tim and for her kids against Tim's dad. She didn't want them to have unsupervised visits, which the morning of Becky's death, he was seen taking a like a basketball hoop over to his dad's house, which kind of like puts into perspective, like he was going to have his dad watch his kids, you know? So I don't know the whole backstory of the father, but I can assume it was pretty bad if Becky wanted him to not have supervised visits or or unsupervised visits. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. And it sounds real messy. She at one point told a longtime friend that Tim told her that if she had ever outed his dad, that he would have to move away and kill himself. So the unfortunate piece of this is that both of those restraining orders were denied by the courts. Tim Lee. Yeah. Tim also filed a restraining order against Becky, which many domestic abusers do. Like these are the true. Yeah. Very true. Tim was the epitome of like such an abuser and why we need to do more for domestic violence cases, because it's truly a case that should be different. Like Becky should still be here. Mm -hmm. As time went on trying to settle custody and money, Tim was adamant that he did not want to give Becky a dime. And Becky even told an old coworker that she had ran into at TJ Maxx that Tim told her he would kill her before she got any of his money. Becky was really scared, but Becky also saw the value her children had having a father in their lives. So she just put up with Tim's bullshit. Yeah. The other thing is Becky's hands were kind of tied, right? Because you can't just like take your kids and run or you're you're kidnapping them. So the system is flawed. So as the trial for final custody and spousal support uh, was arriving, Tim couldn't fathom actually having to give Becky any money. And she was seeking a little less than half a million dollars in 50, 50 custody of her kids. Also, because I'm sure he's just a narcissistic fuck after he bought the bike on Facebook marketplace, you know, he just would stalk her. Right. He also bought that on Facebook Marketplace using a fake name, but also still using his own phone, which is rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, he oftentimes would get on that bike and ride to Becky's house in the middle of the night just to spy on her. His house was just over a mile away and nights he would go and just take off his whoop strap. That's when like, you know, that that device that like is like an Apple watch Uh every night that they see him on the camera, his whoop strap would be off. His phone would be off. And these are the nights that I think he just planned his kill over and over and over. He would practice his route. He even called the, um, or he even Googled how long it takes for Quincy police, like an average time for Quincy to police to respond to, um, a 911 call. He's Googling this on his own phone. Yeah. Or but he's taking or off his whoop strap. I mean, that's like, he, he's, I, I don't, I don't. How could you be smart about one thing and dumb about the other? I don't know. That's so, yeah. I don't know. You got to know you're the first person they're going to look at. Yeah. Right. 
You're the so, ex and she don't like you. Over and over, he would practice this route until February 23rd when he finally snapped and broke into Becky's house and shot 14 bullets, which are the exact number of years that they were married. Into, Another rookie mistake, overkill. Uh, yeah. Makes it obvious. It's somebody yes. she knew. It's not random. Yes. He would get back on his bike and go home to his sleeping children and act like he didn't just murder their mother. He would then call the school and tell them not to let the boys walk home as they were supposed to do. They were supposed to walk home to Becky's house. And then he showed up an hour early to wait in carpool line. He then called Becky's dad to set him up to find Becky murdered. I mean, this guy is a real fucking piece of shit. Yeah. It didn't take the courts long to take this guy to trial. And at trial, multiple people came forward to voice, to be the voice of Becky stating all that I told you, you know, she even told some of her friends that he pushed her in front of her children. He punched holes into his walls at his home. She was fearful that she needed to change the locks as soon as he left the house. Um, he even She even told one of uh, her friends that the only way the boys would ever choose him, him over her was if she was eliminated. She feared the man that she once loved and for good reason. The other thing I didn't bring up is that his looks really changed. Like this COVID years really took a toll on him during their marital years. He was like clean cut, clean shaven, even when he was on family feud, like good looking guy. But when they arrested him, he had this long scraggly hair and like not shaven, looked like he hadn't taken a shower in weeks. He looked gross. And it also didn't take long for the jury to find him guilty. He was found guilty on June 1st, 2023. So it really, I mean, I think this is the fastest case of murder that I've ever seen. Yeah. During his sentencing trial, which was just a couple weeks ago on August 11th, the victims were able to stand in front of Timothy and state the impact of his crime and what it had done to them and and his children. And Sarah, Becky's sister, had one of the best in victim impact statements that I have ever heard. He was sentenced to life in prison with out parole. I think he actually got a couple life sentences. And the judge spared him like no mercy. He was like, you stalked your victim. You planned this out over and over. His attorney, oh my God, she was like so awful. She had to get up right before the sentence the sentencing and try to like plea for him to have a lighter sentence. Right. And she gets up there and she was like, if my son was, was Tim and was an all American, I would be proud of him. And if my son had a job, I would be proud of him. If my son did all these things before February 23rd, I would be so proud. I'm like, girl, those things are all for naught. Yeah. Like, I can't be proud at all of that guy. He is a, he, and from before that, because you know, if he was acting this way after their divorce, who knows what kind of person he was to her when they were married. led up to it. Yeah. 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 Monster. Yeah. So anyways, I am going to play a little bit of Becky's sister's um, statement at the very, very end of our podcast. So if you want to hear it, you can keep listening. But I just think it's it like it was very powerful. So I just want to like leave you guys with that. But that's the story. So who's taking care of the kids now? Her sister? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She has and she has her own children. So I mean, it was, you know, like, I don't know what purpose this had. Like, if he did not want Becky in his life, he has no life now, right? He's in prison for the rest of his life. He's ruined his children's life. He has ruined so many people's lives for this, like, because he was like angry. I don't know, like get some fucking help. Listen, I have a theory. I think this happened during COVID and it made him a little cuckoo chew. Well, it just happened in 2023. I know. But leading up, maybe that got him off the track. Maybe, you know, because we were all upside down, you know? Yeah. You get your days and your nights, you know, whatever. You feel, you said he let himself go. We all let ourselves go, right? Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm hearing about him riding his bike in the middle of the night, and I'm thinking, you just need some sleep gummies. It's true. That's what you need. (laughs) 
instead of this like plantation. But I can understand I have sleep challenges myself. You know what that is like. I yeah. mean, try watching reruns of Sister Wives. Helps me. Reruns of anything. You know what re- of helps anything, me? Candy but Crush. I, yes, yes, yes. Something like that. But just you got to take your mind out of the dark place when you are fixating on something. Yeah, it's true. Like that. All right. So if you guys have not rated or reviewed us and you're up in the middle of the night, that is something you could do. You could go on Apple or Spotify, give us a a quick uh, little review that would really help us. If you want to support us more, like I said in the beginning of our show, please go on to Patreon or Apple or Spotify. I think Spotify, you can um, just type in Housewives of True Crime bonus content or bonus mm-hmm. and that you can um, now subscribe there. Also, I just want to say, if you are a victim of domestic abuse or domestic violence, you can call 1-800-799-7233 or text the word START to 88788. There's also a lot of local domestic violence shelters and helplines. My daughter and I do a lot of work with a few of them here in Texas. And there is a way that you can, you can hide from your abuser, you can get help, and they will help you through all of it. Um, Because it's a really scary thing to try to leave somebody that's an abuser, I know. And so please, please, please get help. Um, I also like to point out that those hotlines are not just for people that are being abused. If you have a friend who you suspect is going on, you know, it's a mm -hmm. touchy subject. It's something Tab and I have both been through. And so it, they can help you navigate that. Yes. Yes, exactly. My, I mean, we definitely have been through that. And I've, I even went with a friend at one point to one of those meetings to try to figure out how to get her help. Um, because it is a it is a very scary time just like you see like when you leave an abuser that is when that is the scariest time that is when they fucking snap so it is definitely um in your best interest to do it with support from people that know how to do it so anyways thank you all for listening until thursday um for our bonus people and then next monday happy labor day and i will now leave you with a little bit of becky's sister's statement clink 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 but your cruelty goes well beyond just impacting me you have ripped becky away from my parents the same people that welcomed you into our family. The same people you once called mom and dad. The same people you called on February 23rd, knowing Becky was already dead, feigning concern that she had not shown up to pick up the boys. You purposely orchestrated dad discovering her body Was it to punish him more, or was it just easier for you? Either way, it shows the depth of your cruelty. How many times did you practice your reaction, knowing they would soon call to tell you that she was dead? It is a parent's worst nightmare to suffer the death of their child. But there is no greater torture on earth to know that their child was violently executed by the man that she married, the monster she was trying to escape for two and a half years. But no matter how much your actions impact us, the most grievous crime to those left living is the impact of Becky's murder on Deacon Grayson and Arlen. There is no more selfish act than to rob a child of his mother. And Becky was no ordinary mother. She loved those boys fiercely and her love was evident in all her actions and sacrifices for them. 
She was willing to put them first, even during the divorce process, believing that a life with their father as an equal parent was better for the boys than her going with her gut and fighting for majority custody. She was willing to put up with the emotional turmoil that you put her through because she believed you loved the kids. She knew the kids loved you and she believed that you would put them first no matter your feelings about her. Tragically, she was wrong. She was wrong in believing that you could love anyone more than yourself. If they haven't already, your boys will realize that their father doesn't love them. They will realize that every time you said those words, you lied. They will understand that you cared more about your own selfish intentions than their well-being, their happiness, and their future. Because a father who loves his children would never murder their mother, no matter how much he hated her. Because a loving father makes sacrifices for his children, knowing that what is best for them is always the priority. Your children's future will be forever impacted by your crime. They are already suffering, crying for their mother that they would wish would walk through the door and take them home to the life they once knew and loved. The raw grief that they now feel will change over time. And we hope that with our guidance and faith, it will transform into acceptance and forgiveness because that will mean that they have chosen to live with Becky's love radiating in their memory and not with the scars that you have caused.